You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Nipe here with always typical Lydia today's show we're going to be doing the 2016 found footage film the woods you didn't say classic soon to be classic the woods and the Blair witch what you want to say project it's not a project <laughs> anymore the woods that's I, I had written down the woods and it initially and i i kind of wanted to put out on twitter something like uh next week on dead air we're gonna be covering the woods the woods yeah you can pull the wool over people's eyes like they pulled the wool over the eyes of the collected horror community and they did a great job too not since i mean what the new the cloverfield movies do this like hey it's super bowl guess what right now you can go watch a brand new movie we dropped Wow. And a very well put together movie at that. And then you get like Cloverfield was a secret project. The second that Cloverfield Lane was uh, a secret project. And then that dropped. It dropped within a month, I think. They announced it and then it was coming out a month later. We had seen trailers, though, for a movie. I can't remember the title that that had had as a working title either, Mm -hmm. though. And so we had had glimpses of that film without knowing what it was intended to be or what it was... like retcon intended to be Mm -hmm. and then this oh i wanted to see the woods i wanted to see the woods too the biggest difference between this and the way that they had dropped the cloverfield films is if you remember particularly the third one um what ties it into being part of the cloverfield franchise was added way late in the film's production. And they're completely, they were completely standalone different films that had nothing to do with the retconned source material. The biggest difference is Lionsgate managed to keep the woods, the true nature of what the woods was, under wraps for two years. And it's not BT dubs at the last minute. Maybe it was the Blair Witch Project uh, sequel that we didn't know. No, this is Blair Witch through the entire uh, film. This was always intended to be a Blair Witch sequel. Yeah. And one thing we had noted is you cannot have sat through the San Diego Comic-Con screening and not know what you're watching. You can't sit through the title screen. You can't sit through 30 seconds. You cannot sit through the first minute of this and not know that you're watching a direct sequel to the Blair Witch Project that Mm -hmm. should be titled simply Blair Witch. That works for me. Mm -hmm. This film had drummed up a lot of interest in the collective horror community because the two people who were heading the woods was Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, who had a lot of success with films like Your Next and the VHS franchise and The Guest, which I've never seen, but you have. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot because it was like Home Invasion that you invite in. But VHS was super popular and Mm -hmm. something that was a bit of a totem to the 
collective horror community, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. It was a new way to do the found footage type stuff, or and with a with a cool VHS gimmick, we'll say. Um, so no, no uh, strangers to found footage. That's for sure. No Wingard specifically, and they drop a teaser trailer that. Watching it recently, well, today, really, not a lot of indication that it would even be a found footage film. No, and you had pointed that out, which made me rewatch it as well, because I remember watching it and wanting to see the film really bad and being all Mm -hmm. double pleased to discover it was the Blair Witch. But I never did go back and look at the trailer again for The Woods to Mm -hmm. see where those parallels lie. Um, I had seen Blair Witch trailers after mm-hmm. the reveal, mm-hmm. but I hadn't gone back. And going back today, you're totally right. There is no indication that that is a found footage film. There's a couple of scenes that knowing what we know now, we could look at and be like, oh, that's obviously mm-hmm. film like that. But she was using this shit hot cannon and a super awesome lens. And they had like some very high tech cameras in this. So I can mm-hmm. see how they pulled that off. Mm-hmm. And they had sweeping uh, shots of uh, the landscape yeah. that are just, I mean, that's for the trailer. That's not in the fucking... <laughs> Which, unlike many things in this film, reminiscent of the beginning of Blair Witch 2. Yeah, It opens with that panning sort of shot. And the way that they did this, I mean, people watching this film had to have known eventually that it was going to be Blair Witch because, I mean, if you're a fan of Blair Witch and you see Black Forest and Brickettsville in the opening sequence, you totally get that. But less than five minutes into the film, you're seeing someone stand in the corner. And if you don't even need to see the Blair Witch Project to know that image. Yeah. So the cat's out of the bag. They flip all the signage around. They release the proper trailer. And this blows up. People are excited in a way that... I Listen, I love the Blair Witch Project, and we've talked about it before, but there's been so much time and so much blowback over Blair Witch and the found footage genre and shit, and not to mention the bad taste that Book of Shadows put in some fans' mouths. Most fans' mouths. We'll say most. I have heard... It was basically a flop. Yes. Um, And we'll talk about that uh, real quick, because we'll we'll talk about Book of Shadows really quick uh, before we get into the... the Blair Witch of it all, because um, I think that this is an important factor in the story. I think that if Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows came out and did gangbusters and everyone loved it, well, then you probably have gotten a couple of more sequels at this point. Or at the very least, this would be something that they would be very excited to tell you about in the process. Hey, there's a gestating Blair Witch project. Uh, sequel coming and isn't that going to be fucking exciting and shit like that but because book of shadows is not the sequel that people wanted and i don't know if it really was anything other than the fact that stylistically it was so different i was sitting there watching book of shadows i've I've only seen the film one time um i'd actually not only would i'd love to go back and watch the the film itself um, and I meant to before we did Blair Witch 3, but lo and behold, I didn't get around to it. And I would love to just watch the trailers because I can't even remember how this film was advertised, but I got the sense that it wasn't found footage before. And so I didn't see Book of Shadows in the theater. I waited to rent it. And um, when I did, I was just having a hard time reconciling what I was watching because I guess 
what I was looking for was something that was grainy and punk rock. And, you know, I was looking for sex pistols. And Man, I, they got Queens of the Stone Age, Marilyn Manson. What more do you need? Yeah, but like I said, I was looking for sex pistols. I got Blink-182. Ah, they, who wants that? <laughs> you know... Fun to listen to, contemporary. A lot of people like it. It's in, it's in the, it's the flavor of the moment. But this was not what I was looking for. Not from Blair Witch. No. And so, and and a lot of people felt the way that I did. And I'm not going to say that I hate Book of Shadows. I'm saying I have, I can't say that because I have not fucking, I barely remember the fucking story. Yes, and we will watch it again because it is something that I, I watched. Went, huh? That wasn't what I expected. I didn't dislike it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was, it was not what I expected. But I enjoyed that and then revisited it Mm -hmm. and then purchased it Mm. so I could revisit it even more. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I, and and then like years later, watched it again to be like, what is it about this film that everyone hated so fucking much other than just the timing that it wasn't what they expected? Like, are there other things in it? Is it even a good film? Mm. And, And that's how come I'm really interested to look at it. Once you're over, this is not what I'm looking for. Perhaps I will like the film now, which is why I'm not saying I hate this film. But certainly in the year 2000 was not what Chibi West was looking for. I was looking for kind of more of the same. Yeah. Because uh, because again, as I talked about at length last uh, last episode, Blair Witch Project really affected me, and Blair Witch Two did not. Um, and there are some people, especially when we're younger, that sit down at a buffet and say, "Ooh, I like that. I want more of that." Or sit down at a buffet and go, "Ooh, I like that." Let me try this over here. Let me try yeah. that over there. Ooh, this is different. I want the opposite. Oh, yeah. You know? I'm, I'm real steady as she goes. Nice. Yeah. I can be, but I'm pretty open-minded, mm-hmm. except for with Paranormal Activity and Suspiria. But, yeah, there were a lot of people that did not like the first Blair Witch that held out some hope for Blair Witch 2 and were disappointed in a whole new different way. So I could see why Wingard would really rein it in. Not just because it's fun, what they did as a collective, not just we're not putting it all on Mr. A.W., but he was also probably coming under fire already for Death Note because he put out this Death Note that was great. You know, it was a great film, but when you're talking about rabid fans, Blair Witch fans are one thing. They're pretty easy to tame and pretty predictable bunch. Mm -hmm. Death Note fans are a vast and rabid, strange beast that I wouldn't want to poke with a stick. The only thing worse than a weeb is a fucking moody goth weeb. I know, right? And like we are speaking from a position where there is probably probably like 85 cubic pounds of Death Note memorabilia in this house mm-hmm. as it is. I'm a big fan of Death Note myself. I have yeah. the whole collection. I have the whole anime series. Like, you know, we are both fans of that series. Yeah. Um, I'm also an Adam Wingard fan. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't have any... I just placed a lot of trust in him, unlike a lot of other Death Note fans. Maybe because they weren't familiar with him. That could be part of it. Or they just didn't want to give up their precious Ryuk to anyone else. Maybe. I Anytime that anime is ad- uh, adapted to the West... There's obviously going to be things that are problematic for a lot of people. And I hear what they're saying, and and I agree with what they're saying. So, like, I I would never fault anyone for having an issue with the Death Note film and how it changed the story. uh, And and really rewrote a lot of characters. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, mean, you did get Willem Dafoe as Ryuk, which I thought was great. (laughs) I was like, I can't imagine 
anyone else voicing that character, uh, at least over in the West. Now, back to, to Stopped and Started Ideas. What happened to our friends, Myrick and Sanchez? What happened to our, our, our good old buddies? Because they were supposed to be involved in this. And they were to, uh, to an extent. There was a script, Lids. There was a script about the Blair Witch 3. They had an idea about where to go. They themselves were not interested in the found footage format. Their mentality was they'd been there and they had done that. And really, the reason why the Blair Witch Project was filmed the way it was was not because they were making a grand uh, stylistic statement. They were inspired by it, but it was more of a necessity. The budget wasn't there to do the things that they wanted to do. They didn't have Adam Wingard bucks. Yeah, but now, now... They've made lots of movies. They have the the uh, artisan got bought by Lionsgate. Lionsgate wanted to make another film. They had a script. Then the witch happened. Nothing takes the wind out of your sails like something really close to your pet idea, does it? The original idea for Blair Witch Three, a fascinating one, but I can I would be mildly disappointed with this idea, not because the setting which originally was supposed to take place within the 16 or 1700s, and it was supposed to be about the story of Ellie Kedworth. They can still do that. You guys can still do that. And also, I misheard Chris say something about a buddy cop movie, and I heard bunny cop movie. So if you're bored kicking around with hundreds of millions of dollars, you can make me a bunny cop movie. Isn't that technically what Zootopia is? I've never seen Zootopia. Is it bunny cops? If there's a bunny and uh, she's a cop. I want no. It has to be two of them. She teams up with a, a smart talking fox, no, but like no. bunny cops, like just us cops, but bunnies. Just us cops, but bunnies. All right. Yeah. Um. So that's something like that's the spinoff for Thomas. He can make that. Yeah. I'll see if Thomas wants to make a bunny cop movie. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> Want to make a bunny cop yeah. movie? Um, now they so they had this idea. It was going to be the origin story of the Blair Witch. Going back in a story, it certainly is easier. It's especially when you've already, you know, they did like the Curse of the Blair Witch. They did the Blair Witch Project. They have a lot of lore built into this. You can go straight back to the origin. You can tell a really compelling, probably tragic story about uh, a, a woman, perhaps corrupted by evil, or perhaps it, it would be a mistaken identity type thing, or it like you could have elements that worked so well in the witch but then you put a notable character at the center of it which is ellie kedward you don't maybe maybe people don't know that name but they you call her the blair witch and everyone goes oh exactly or i would like the story of rustin parr which sounds very much like an albert fish story Mm -hmm. and people may or may not like generally not remember the name rustin parr but as soon as you put it in context of the Blair Witch story, people would have that collective O oh, again, because those are the compelling storylines that drive the whole mythos of the Blair Witch. And I would love to see that. I would have loved to see their their script for three that got kiboshed in a way, accidentally, mm-hmm. by the, the witch. Yeah. Um, well, you know, nothing against the witch. I love that movie. It's just mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that it's the timing, right? Uh, it just would have looked weird. Like, oh, we've kind of just seen this. Yeah. Um, so this movie gets made instead, and they bring in uh, 
you know, why not bring in the guys from the VHS franchise that made everyone really excited? And found fun footage of Mumblegore Kings of Horror. Exactly. And, and you know, the, the, the VHS films really found an audience when it hit Netflix and stuff like that. People really got into those uh, fucking flicks. Um, and other filmmakers involved are the the next batch of the new wave of worldwide horror. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is what we get. We get a direct sequel pretty much ignoring Book of Shadows. All it's not hard to ignore. And yeah. like you could look for things like, you know, and and really hinge on anything that would remind you vaguely of Book of Shadows. And look around when they get to the house, like where they would have camped or, you know, a busted up tent pole or something. Anything that you could think might have come from that night in the woods that Jeff and everyone else spent in Book of Shadows. And even like some of the camera techniques, I don't know. You could really hinge on it, but it's easy to just snip out because... The original problem happened in 1994. Book of Shadows happened in 1999. This doesn't happen until 2014 as far as the movie universe timeline here. Mm -hmm. So 1994 was really just a blip in the news because it was like, oh, those crazy teens killing people out there. And there was another group of like tour people going on tours to the old sites where no house existed anymore mm -hmm. and there was nothing really to see except Coffin Rock, I suppose. So some tour people had gone missing in the woods. Bummer. Like, that's really just a footnote in the whole story and something that even though our main character, James, has been researching this and fucking Google news alerts on this, he wouldn't have even noticed that probably in his search for his sister. And heck, he might have been six years old when it happened. Yeah, it's 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 not entirely clear how old he and his friend Peter were during this thing. We do know that they were involved. They were they had gone to the Black Forest. Peter at least yeah. was yeah, has part of the search party. And I suppose like if your parents were part of the search party, they might have brought your 6-year-old along, but it's hard to do the math here cuz we're not really sure how old they are. Yeah, like college maybe, but like they could, you know, it's like fucking, they could be in their 30s for all I know. I don't know. Well, if Lisa's doing her documentary filmmaking thesis, she could have been in school for, for five years. Yeah. So who knows how old they are. So they were between the ages of three and six, probably, mm -hmm. when Heather went missing. I can't remember. I know that um, one of them had talked about, uh, if memory serves me, in The Curse of the Blair Witch, they interview Heather's sister in in that documentary. There's no mention of her sister. Her sister was in and around her age, but all of a sudden she's got this younger brother. Just like a weird thing that I was focusing on. Yeah, yeah. I, now I want to watch that again. I also want to watch Shadow of the Blair Witch, which is the documentary that they made in conjunction with Book of Shadows. Mm. Did they do anything like that for this film? Uh, from what I remember about this, uh, no, everything was just so the big twisty McTwist was this is not the woods. Yeah. This is actually the Blair Witch. And I saw this movie. I was I was Mr. Opening Weekend. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't opening weekend, I don't believe. It was shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. But like I said before, you can go on to Andy Negative's YouTube station and see our 
reaction Mm -hmm. going into the theater and coming out i'm all smiles of course i enjoyed this movie very very much it was Mm -hmm. a really good uh theater experience too just because it is a really great and dynamic found footage film which i really do enjoy on the bigger screen and it it does play with sound very well which is lent very well to a theater setting or a good home theater setting so highly enjoyable i had a lot of fun watching it and the crowd reaction was great, especially with the one or two little gore scenes. People were very squicked out very quickly by that. Because I guess they didn't expect that a level of gore, quote unquote, because it's not really gore. It's just it's just pretty gross. Yeah. But the claustrophobic scenes, people were reacting quite physically and viscerally to those scenes. And there was mm. a, a man sitting near us that was like terrified through the whole thing. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um. Simon uh, Barrett did say that amongst all of they they were known for doing a lot of horror films, but uh, but he had said that he had never felt that he they had made a, a down and dirty, serious as a heart attack, very scary horror film. They he he cited you know everything else like he's like even your next which starts out pretty intense gets a little cartoony towards the end, but he, so we really wanted to make something that was start to finish, very serious. And it is. It definitely is. You definitely need people who are totally committed to telling this type of story. What with the found footage aspects of it and uh, just what they had to have put their actors through to get some of these shots, right? And I think that for me personally, the Blair Witch Project and the Blair Witch franchise was something that, like a lot of people, I didn't even know that I missed it. You know? like, and, And if they never do another one, I would be totally fine with that. If they leave it here, I'd be like, yeah, that's a great... You you continued the story. You expanded the lore. You're good. You don't need to do another one. If you, I mean, what I'll watch it if you do another one because I'll be curious. But like, fuck, this movie really impressed me when I first saw it. Like, I was yeah. instantaneously just right back there in 1999. This time, I wasn't in the theater alone though. <laughs> Brought a f- and I'm, scared. And were you were you edgy today? Yes. Aww. It's the it's the fucking the claustrophobic scene. Yeah. Holy fuck, does that get me? Mm-hmm. And there was a, there was a couple of moments in the house where you're seeing, perhaps you're seeing someone walking between doors like it's a fucking Scooby Doo hallway shot. <laughs> yeah. But like, but even in those moments, I'm just like, yeah, all the way leading up to it, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine when they're in the woods. I'm. I remember being, uh, because this time, by the way, this is the second time I've seen the film. The first time, obviously, you just don't really know what to expect, right? They did still get me with a damn jump scare in this, and I was fucking embarrassed. I felt like I was watching The Woman in Black. I was like, oh, I can't believe you fucking got me with that. But they definitely did a couple of times. But yeah, no, there's something, um, there's a glossiness to this film that, that takes away a little bit of, again, that sort of punk rock energy that the Blair Witch Project just has. And like, you can't, duplicate it it looked it, it, it was it it wore its amateurish nature on its sleeve in such a way that you know you could have a camera pointing at someone's feet for 10 minutes while they have a dialogue scene and they don't care that it looks fucking ridiculous they don't care that there's an entire scene of like multiple entire scenes of pitch blackness where you're listening to dialogue and you can't hear anybody. They don't give a shit if they're like filming through 16 millimeter. And even this film, like it's the difference between 
alien and aliens to me. It's yeah. like it's just like a bunch. It's more people. They're better equipped. They everything's in fucking 4K HD. And and even though there's uh, particularly in the house, there's claustrophobic, disorienting scenes. Again, this isn't your your. You can't help but remember this is a set. They're yeah, on a it feels set. safer. It, it feels, feels safer. like this is not some dirty ass fucking house that they found in the middle of the woods. Um, this is <laughs> this is a recreation of the dirty ass house. Yeah, I, I, I was like this. This is this is millions of dollars spent to make it look like this is a fucking dilapidated house on the verge of collapsing. Oh, I love this house. It's a very good house. And I and by the way, I don't mean that. In a, a a derogatory sense, I'm not I'm not bashing this film because it looks uh, glossier and more expensive and more professionally done. It's just I think that that what will always keep it in the realm of like, well, this is a movie. And it's also a sign of the times that we were dealing with. Like we were watching this, and it wasn't far in that you had said, yeah, they could not have made this a year or two after. It is a direct sequel, and it's what people were ravenous for when Blair Witch first came out, and that's what it does. It really answers that plea for what. A lot of people felt they were ripped off of or missed out on or had gone to see and didn't get in the Blair Witch Project. They get in this film in spades. And it couldn't have been made just because of technology. Drones, the affordability of these things, we'd have been questioning that even five years ago. Yeah, even five years ago, um, the, 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 the ear cams, everything, like none of it. I mean, even even the ear cams is almost getting into the realm of like eh, sci-fi. Sci-fi, because I was like, I, I feel like they would all be wearing GoPros and shit. I don't think that they would have. Ear- she is a documentary film student, yeah. so, and maybe she comes from a place of privilege. We don't know this, but maybe they have some gear at this university where they're like, "Here, kids, here's these seventy-five thousand dollar cameras. You can just run around the woods in." Yeah, and, and but at the end of the day. Uh, much like in Aliens, all of their preparedness goes out the window in about fucking 10 minutes. Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't make any difference because they are dealing with something not of this reality. Do you know what is of this reality? What's that? Your recent arc with Teresa and your Patreon offering. Thank you. Um, I don't even need to like promote my crap. You promote it for me. Um, if you guys are interested, um, the uh, we have two more updates before the darkness arc is officially over. That basically translates to there's six more pages in the book, and that's it. And then uh, we're on to the next thing. Um, yeah, the response to uh, I don't want to like explicitly say what was going on because maybe people haven't read all of it yet. No, but last episode you had expressed it. You're edging on the deep darkies over this it, change that was coming up. Yeah, and the change came, and uh, the the fan response has been like uh, vocal and for the most part has been positive. I mean, there's always people that like are getting frustrated about certain things, but it only means that they care, and it means that you know we've done something right. Uh, in uh, making people care about these characters and what happens to them and, and shit like that. So it's good. And yeah, the Patreon is going uh, most for the most part. If you if you join us on uh, as a patron, you basically get like behind the scenes stuff. But I decided to like go into more detail about the specific creation. Uh, but in this time, it was the the our glow demon. That's what I was specifically saying. 
because there was a lot of um, iterations of that uh, monster. And since it was our first monster in a series about fighting monsters, you want to make sure that you get it right and you want to make sure that it's interesting and cool uh, and also a, a challenge for, you know, our uh, character's first night out, um, mm. which is a bit of a clusterfuck uh, for those characters um, as we learn throughout the, the three issues of the story. But I will just well, I thought it'd be interesting because I always find that stuff interesting, me personally. When I'm watching a movie and I see like a creature, I'm like, what got them to this? Like, you know, you watch like Hellraiser. I'm like, how do you get to Pinhead? Like, like specifically, like, you know, you know, Clive, like, how did you, what did it look like in your head before this? Or Pelican. That's yeah. an even more fun of a, of a trajectory. Yeah. Because you can see the animalistic qualities of it. And with something like in Teresa, your monster is, yeah, you, you, you kind of do sort of wonder what inspired that sort of creature yeah and and it started i mean like i i expressed this explicitly in in my patron posts but like it start it started with the host from the the film from 2006 which we've done an episode on that was the first step i told chris i was like i want something that's like this that's just this voracious eater that just keeps fucking eating and you can't ever seem to sate it's hunger. And, but I was like, I don't want it to be a mutated fish. I want it to be kind of like, I just want it to be fast. And I want it to be more like a, a hound or like a big panther or something like that. Just something quick. And I was like, and I wanted to have that. That's where like the weird mouth came from. It used to have like a mouth that opened like a banana peel. Uh, but then that we ran into the problem. And I told this story in the patrons, like it looked like the creature from the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. And I was like, there's no way that no one was going to notice that. And sure enough, on Patreon, when I show the original sketches of the creature, someone fucking calls it out right away. Like, oh, it looks like that thing from Stranger Things. I'm like, yeah, sure it does. So we changed the head. And then, you know, you start thinking about going back to this comes from a dark place. Let's make it bioluminescent. And then if it's bioluminescent, let's give its tail a lure like it's an anglerfish and so we'll say that that glowing tail mesmerizes people. So it's a combination of like, this thing's really fast, but also you're so fucked up from what this light does to you that it actually appears to be moving in a way that it's not. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of like things that you can combine from shit that you observe in nature to make something that makes no fucking sense kind of seem logical. It's kind of like what I, what I always go for when I'm making something that does not exist that cannot exist, but you're like, yeah, well, it's from a dark place. It has no eyes and it's bioluminescent. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it sure does. Yeah, and it doesn't look like a neomorph. So there you go. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like a, it doesn't look like a neomorph. It looks more it looks like a big cat that has like chitin and I don't know. That doesn't really describe it. So go and read Teresa <laughs> because I had to. <laughs> He's like, listen, if I had to read this piece of crap, you have to read this piece. And it's not a piece of crap. There's blood in every issue. There is blood in every issue, and I'm always like, more blood, more. Make it cartoonish. I don't care. So Wes, there's not people don't bleed that much. I'm like, they do in this. Damn it. They do in this. Yeah, so um, the support has been really, really great. And I'm glad that people have been, you know, seem to be responding in a way that um, seems like they care. Good, good. I'm yeah. glad. Um, I have nothing going on. There'll be some videos on 
YouTube eventually. I've got a new camera as of last Wednesday, so mm. I'm making more typical books. And she took a picture of me. I look great, so the camera is working perfectly. Yeah, true. <laughs> but what's this movie even about, anyways, Lydia? Uh, it's about James wanting to find out what had happened to his sister, and he's been. You know, since they never found this house that they supposedly filmed, they never found there any trace of these campers, hikers, whatever you want to call them, Blair Witch documentary filmmakers back in the day in 1994. Then he just puts on the Google alerts. Might as well. It's a last ditch effort until he sees this YouTube video where it looks like maybe his sister is in it. Let me ask you this, because this is something that I hinge on while watching this film. James seems like an intelligent guy. He's a paramedic. He's He's got an education. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders. He understands the human anatomy. He understands the facts of life. His sister is alive in the <laughs> woods. For 20 years. For 20 years by herself. They've never found her. She's drinking rainwater and lichen. What the fucking hell, dude? The only thing I can explain that away with is the fact that those videotapes that were found by the archaeological dig, according to the documentary, they had been aged and buried under foundations of a house that used to be there. And an archaeological dig makes me think that they actually dug down in the ground. So years and years had passed, if not decades. These tapes had only been missing for four weeks, a month, or something like that. So for them to be found in an archaeological dig is just crazy. So there's maybe a 20-year time loop going on. So maybe it works both ways. And maybe she will be 21 years old all over again when he finds her 20 years later. Yes. Okay. I'll give you that. I would never say that's unrealistic because we're talking about a horror movie in which supernatural things occur. But he does not posit that for one second. No, he doesn't. But we know he knows what we know. He does know what we know. But I still think that it's a little buck wild. Even when Lisa asks them directly, Peter and James, so what do you... What do you think is like going on? Uh, what do you think about like the what's going on in the woods? <laughs> Peter's like, what? Like, what? <laughs> I'm fucking sorry. What do you mean, what, dude? As like your best friend's sister went missing in those fucking woods. Are you honestly telling me that you did not think for a second that anyone would ask you about the fucking Blair Witch when your fucking friend's sister went fucking missing? In the fucking Black Forest in Burkittsville, where the fucking Blair Witch was from, where she died, why your, why your friend's sister went into the fucking woods in the first place, why she got fucking uh, went missing, how come it makes no fucking sense? And they're just like, Blair Witch? I never thought about that. You were there, dude. But I don't think Peter, he, Peter is like, it's a total skeptic. He's totally 100% untouched by the supernatural. He does not fucking believe in it. So he, I think that there's also an angle of like, he's perturbed by people talking about the Blair Witch. He's like, in his mind, probably thinking like, that has nothing to do with it. 
search parties, police warrants, searching, missing her, having her be taken away. Her, she's probably dead somewhere. Yeah. All those realities are probably far more important to a character like this. True. I'll give you that as well. But he did act like no one had ever mentioned it before. Yeah, like he was like, "What are you talking about?" Like because even then, if you if we were if we were literally if you me lids, yeah. we're off to fucking Maryland. We're off to like fucking Burkittsville. We're going Here to we Burk- fucking road trip Burkittsville. Yeah. Like um. I'll like fucking sit in the trunk like I'm Chim Chim and it's Speed Racer and like you and Chris can like drive in. Oh, that sounds so fun. <laughs> off like, to Coffin Rock we go. Off to Coffin Rock we go. Now, we like if that was the weekend, so and you put a camera in my face and says, like, oh, Wes, uh, so what do you think about uh, what do you think about um, the stories? And I like and I look at you like stories. Like, what, you, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? I would know what you meant. Even if I didn't believe them, I would just like, Wes, what do you think about the stories? I'd be like, I just think it's it's a lot of superstition and nonsense. I think there's a logical explanation about people go m- missing in the woods and you don't have to attribute it to, like, magic powers and evil witches and shit like that. That's how I would answer that question if I was a skeptic. Not, what are you talking about, Blair Witch? Where are we right now? Like, anyway, so that's like a nitpicky fucking thing. But I will say that this sets up the idea that Peter doesn't want to hear about any of this nonsense and really is worried that Lisa is exploiting the fact that his best friend through thick and thin, through their, their entire lives... Is is not dealing with the trauma of losing a sister. He's never let go of this, and she's basically just feeding into the nonsense of him not getting over it. His delusion. His delusions basically. that like your sister's still out there. Let's go. Let's go investigate it. And you're doing this for a project. Um, and Peter's going to bring along uh, his girlfriend Ashley, and- who actually begs Lisa to you know go out there as his friend, film this. Yeah, but don't put it in your movie. Don't yeah. put it in your documentary. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's the point? And like, even Lisa's like, I can't promise that. Which she might as well have just said, that's what the movie is about. That's what yeah. my documentary is about. Yeah. It's like, I'm. this is my thesis we're talking about here. It's like, we're talking about the Blair Witch Project. And this is the brother of the guy, of, of like the woman who went missing in the 90s. So... This is what my documentary is about. Yeah. So whether they are skeptical or not, whether they believe it or not, whether they are just entertaining James or not, they all get drunk. That's what they do. They all get drunk. This is an old school throwback found footage party scene. Ugh. I could do without it. Although they do incorporate conversation and a little backstory and... A lot of different character drives and different characters' points of view over mm-hmm. the, their project together, because now it is their project together. And so they do incorporate a lot of actual information in amongst all the drinking and shots and music and lights and all that garbage. Yeah. They do drink a lot, though. And they even say, like, when they ask Peter how he's doing the next morning, and he's like, I can't believe I went drinking before I went camping or something, which... I felt like that line was for you. Yeah, it was for me. Thank you. Because that is my biggest pet peeve. Who gets slammered before going out in the bush? But then I correct myself, and I corrected myself while we watched it. I said, well, maybe they're from North Bay. 
<laughs> and also, they go into the the uh, a motel in Burkittsville. It looks a lot like the... I know a lot of old dingy motels look the same, but like I would wonder if like canonically that's the same... At the, maybe not the same room, but the same motel that they all, uh, Heather and her friends stayed at. Because you know what? They're all drinking in the fucking motel room, too. Yeah. Like whiskey. Yeah. It's, it's fucked up. Yeah. Know. Which made me think of North Bay. Made me miss home a little bit because everyone there is just normal. Everyone there is drunk and on the verge of going camping. Exactly. No, at any given moment. So that made sense to me in a way, although these people didn't even mention drinking before and i don't know it's just weird to me that they're they're hanging on to like thousands of dollars of camera gear she's passing out thousands of dollars of camera gear to just random people basically mm-hmm. and they're all gonna get slam hammered right before heading out into the woods for god knows how long because they know people have gone missing here and it's not just the people the search party found at coffin rock back in the day the group that they're going after that included heather and her friends there have been tours missing in the, these woods as according to blair witch 2 which i won't say is totally cut out of this it's just it whether it's there or not doesn't matter mm-hmm. so let's say it's still here those are people that have gone missing in those woods they have like food and camping gear and all that stuff they're pretty much outfitted they have GPSs in their little cameras. Yeah. So they're they're a lot better off, but there's still the risk. Because it's a big forest and people have gone missing. Don't you worry, Lids. Don't you fret. They are doing what I suggested in the very first Blair Witch Project. They are going to take some guides. Kinda. Some guides are going to go with them, whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> they meet up with Lane and Talia. And Lane is DarkWeb666, who had originally posted... I like when, when Peter calls him DarkWeb666. Hey, yo, yo, DarkWeb666. He's like, yo, is this zero cool? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I think it's hilarious. I think like, DarkWeb666 is the most fucking ridiculous. Anyway, you were saying. The most ridiculous online name I ever heard of was Billy Butt Cheeks, and it's still one of my favorites. But yes, if it was Billy Butt Cheeks 666, that'd be even better. But or 6969. If you're Billy Butt Cheeks, you gotta be 6969. Oh, no. But then you could all. I knew a woman who had chosen a, as her online moniker for a, a while because she was a designer, and designers would know where this is coming from, was French Curve, was oh. her name. And she got a lot of. She got hit on a lot, and she had to change it because. French curve. French curve. People, People don't get the joke. Was... They just want the curve. Yeah. That was horrible. But he had posted the original YouTube video that James had seen what he thought Heather was in. And Lane had found these these uh, tapes or this tape in the woods near where the house used to be. Which I kept calling the Greg's house because that's who it was owned by in real, real life. Like in our reality, in this mm-hmm. weed space we all <laughs> are inhabiting at the moment and where you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> but it got torn down. It did get torn down. Yeah. And uh, we found out why it got torn down. Because looky loos, like you and me, were going over there so much that the guy who owned it was sick of it. So he had the house knocked down. Which I can believe because that is an insurance liability. Huge. Number yeah. one. 
And number two, it's, yeah, if he ever decided to do anything with that property, there'd be no way he would stop that constant stream of people. It's the same reason that they're having problems up in Centralia because of people like me who want to go out there and a lot of other people, like hundreds and thousands of people, I'm sure, through the years. Um, it is the way that the highway is cracked and stuff like that from the steam from the never-ending coal fire underground. It is dangerous, so they've stopped people from going there as best they can. And the house that they had built for the it the new it movie mm -hmm. that wonderful house that they had built that they built in its entirety they tore it down right away so that mm -hmm. no one could go there because people were already going there looky lose i love that term looky lose <laughs> yeah thanks looky lose uh at least they recreated it quite faithfully and expanded upon it and Whoa. thanks to some of those lucky loose who took a lot of photos mm. from angles that were never in the film that our filmmakers this time around used those photos to recreate the house so be a lucky loo take photos while you do that's my little rap that's that was... a rap wes that's that's whack that is, right? that is, I guess. I don't know. Me either. Let's, let's bail. Let's get out of this bit. Yep. So James had been in contact with Lane. So when they show up right away, Peter is, Peter isn't like entirely pleased with Lane. And it's not because Lane is like overtly racist by any means, but there is a Confederate flag on the wall, which. That's never a good sign. No, it's never a good sign. So. That, or they're just dealing with a very misguided person. So either way, it doesn't bode well for Lane. I, I mean, he's like Dark Web 66. He's got a camo tent. His girlfriend's got purple hair. No, you can't trust these people. No way. They're 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 like a little. They're like a small town, like grunge. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I've I don't know the Confederate flag. Like that would tip me off too. The the look that that Peter uh, gives um, James is that like gotcha but he doesn't seem to mind because they're getting out of there yeah and we don't have to deal with these fucking no people we just anymore. need to know where we're going in the bush and that's it so they found the tape tell us where we found the tape and we're off and we don't have to deal with these freaky people anymore and that doesn't really happen because lane and Talia want to go with them and they will blackmail them into letting them do that they probably bring themselves into this position where this is actually a really good moment in the film that's really not... Well, there's no dialogue, it's looks, right? Where the person who is the most agitated by Lane is obviously Peter. Peter and Ashley are black. And they need their help, but that Confederate flag sends all kinds of fucking signals. And it seems that James wants this so bad, he's kind of... They're all looking to Peter because, because, because Peter's black. They need Peter to be okay with this. But so they're all just kind of looking at him, and he's sitting there debating. Like he doesn't like these people. He doesn't know these people. He's not entirely okay with them going on this trip in the first place. And it's like BT does. We all know that he's probably low key or high key racist, but we also need him to come with us because otherwise. We're not going anywhere. We're not going yeah. anywhere. So it's like, it's a great moment because like, ooh, that's that's tough for Peter to have to reconcile with. And it's also, but it also shows, like, it's also shitty of James. But at the same time, it shows he only cares about finding his sister. He's like, ah, you know, I've been friends with Peter my whole life, but like my sister might still be alive. So I don't care if he's uncomfortable. So long story short, 
um, Peter uh, relents and and allows this to happen. They all end up tearing off into the woods together, which is nice. But a then, whole big happy family. <laughs> oh, and yeah, happy family. Lane is filming this too. And I like the little line where Lisa's like, I'm, I might need your footage for my documentary. And he's like, I might need your footage too. Yeah, for, like, for NDA. They're talking about NDAs and shit like that. Yeah, which is crazy. He reminds me very much of Jeff from Book of Shadows, where he's running a tour. Did the, did Lane and Talia run tours out to the bush? Are I, they are they going to like profit off of this? In some I, way? I think it's the burgeoning of drumming up uh, tours. Yeah, I think that like you could even like it seems because they have, or at the very least, he's doing it for the for the YouTube clicks, yeah, right? right? Like like he just wants to be. He's really into the Blair Witch. He happens to live in this town. Um, and so even if, like he's sort of like a man without scruples because we'll find out that even no matter what, they're going to make sure that they get something to film here. But they don't want to. He doesn't just want him and his girlfriend to go on their own. He wants safety in numbers, although he won't express that. Um, Peter the whole time is like trying to take the piss out of Lane because Lane is being like super dramatic, but also like, um, and, and Peter's like, you basically have like Lane who like believes is also a huckster, but like also believes and Peter who doesn't believe at all. And Peter who doesn't like Lane anyways, because again, you know, there's issues, there's yeah. visual clues to like Lane being a shithead. So you you basically have Peter being like openly antagonistic, like making fun of his handle, yeah, and the story and the, the story. But this helps if someone has never seen any of the Blair Witch movies and has no interest in seeing them and wants to watch Blair Witch as a standalone. You can't because they have this nice walk out to the bush. We've already had a lot of backstory. We know all about Heather. Now we hear all about Burkittsville, Blair, the Blair Witch, Coffin Rock, and. Our pal, Rustin Parr. Rustin Parr, which is somebody who doesn't get name-dropped a lot, at least when people are discussing the Blair Witch. I've been trying to say Rustin Parr a lot this episode, so like Candyman, Candyman, I'll say Rustin Parr, Rustin Parr over and over, and retcon. I've been saying retcon a lot, because you know what they do on this walk, too, is they retcon. They do. Yeah, just a little tiny bit. Man, it bugs me, though. I know. It, it bothers me because... And listen, sometimes when you make sequels, you change some things. You watch uh, Sadako versus Kayako, and for some reason, they decide that you die in like two days and not seven. They also, I, I like, I can't envision the the house and the well being that close together. Yeah, that doesn't make any all. conceivable sense. Freddy versus Jason, like, how is Crystal Lake that close to um, to Elm Street? Uh, uh, also, you know, like, so we've seen fixes in this before. So in the background, uh, of this film, Simon Barrett talks about the fact that like, they want to have something happen in an attic. And so, uh, the original filmmakers obviously say, well, no, it's explicit. Rustin Parr killed people in the basement of that house. Everybody in planet Earth knows that. Yeah, and 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 then he he makes the characters have a line that just says, "Well, there's some debate. Some people say attic, some people say basement." I'm like, "No, they don't. No one said that." <laughs> it's you, true. Like 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 and and by the way, if we're in a world in which 
Heather uh, Donahue existed and her and Josh and Mike did go missing. Their footage was fucking found. We saw that footage. That's what the fucking Blair Witch Project is. So if all of that is in continuity, that means that we saw the film footage end with Mike standing in the corner of the basement where Rustin Parr committed the murder of those seven children. And I can't believe I have all that lore straight in my head. Except that, and I'm going to make the same tone, and I'm going to point at the floor just like you were, because, like, damn that, or something. It could have been the attic after all, because this house is a goddamn Mobius strip. And we know it, Wes. So I I, I don't agree with the the decision i like things happening in the attic yeah i do i i I like things happening in the attic too but i also resent i'm changing shit just to fucking change it. i know me too very much especially with something that is very very clear if there was any doubt in our minds where it had happened or if the mobius strip nature of the house was made more apparent because i will insist that the mobius strip exists in the blair witch project it's easy. I would ar- I would defend you on that argument. Exactly. Yeah. Not to the very overt extent that it does and very no. mind-bending extent mm. that it does in this one, but it's there. So they can play with that. They could have played with that and they could have teased out all sorts of attic shenanigans, but they wanted to go heavy-handed with it. Okay. I, I, I'm displeased with it, too. Yeah. But you, it, I, like, I like the end product. I, I do. Again, the execution is fine. It's just the nugget of the idea. Yes, you did it well. Yes, it's cool. Um, well, we just want to have it in an attic. We just want to have it in an attic. Yeah, way. just because. Yeah. And 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 again, I'm just like, why? Like because because that was like even in the the, the documentary footage, the background footage. Sorry, uh, the behind the scenes footage is what I'm trying to fucking say. Uh, on the on the Blu-ray, which we watched. Um, they basically, like, uh, Myrick and uh, Sanchez say, no, it's there's no debate. It happened in the basement. And then you have uh, Barrett just saying, well, maybe it could happen in the attic and the basement. He's because, like, again, I just want that. And, and I can, like, I understand, you know, them uh, just basically agreeing. We just didn't want the movie to end in the basement because we already had a movie that ended in the basement. I'm like, all right, I guess. <laughs> but again, like, yes, retconning dialogue. When I'm like, there's no anyway, there, like there is no debate. There, it all happened no in the basement. It happened period. in the basement, and you changed it for the sake of fucking changing it. Oh, like you pointed out, the original house didn't have an attic. So yeah, that that was the thing. I was like, they they, and as much as they they painstakingly recreated this house, they also did a lot of their own shit, where they basically said that they used the house as a framework. Oh, which makes sense because when you run upstairs and end up on the first floor, that's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Run up another flight of stairs. And run up another into the attic and you end up on the first floor again. So mm-hmm. who's to say if you don't run up again, you end up in the basement. That's mm-hmm. great. I love it. It's very Mario land. It's great. Mario <laughs> 2, actually. Yeah, it's very Mario 2. Yeah. It's freaky. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. But we're, we're not in the house yet. We keep going to the house. We love the house. That's what they're looking for, the yeah, house. Yeah, they are looking for but the house. But first, they need to cross the creek. They do need to cross the creek. So now we've had this conversation walking out into the woods. Mm-hmm. And we get our first injury, which yeah. isn't dissimilar to the ritual. And there's a few scenes in the forest that remind me of the film we just covered, the ritual. And this is someone getting injured, and it's poor Ashley. It's always the person that 
has the least to do with anything, yeah. right? It's always a person that like just doesn't really want to. It's not that Ashley is is resistant. She takes it like a trooper, though. Oh yeah, she's because... not. Oh man, she's not whining at all. It's yeah. like she hurt her foot. Uh, James is a paramedic. They patch her up, and she's good. Um, I like the crossing of the creek becoming this threshold, this barrier into what could be considered this bubble, this Blair Witch space. Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is the creek. And and because, you know, Lane and, and Talia will say, don't, we, we camp all the time. We've been out to these woods, but we just want to go. We want to go with you. And that's part of the deal. Um, we will find out that that is not entirely true. And by not entirely true, I mean they're fucking lying. Nobody goes past the creek. Yeah, nobody. and 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 this is even where Talia is is talking very eerily about um, about uh, a drowning story, which is stuff that's in the Curse of the Blair Witch Project sci-fi documentary, and which is crazy to me. I was like, I can't believe that they're even pulling from. Oh, I'm glad because I I have said that James. We know what James knows. We know James knows what we know. So we know. A lot. And we know as much as anyone who had been researching this or grew up about it knows. They would have watched that documentary because it's real. Right? Right. Right. So I love that. I do. I love that because that's not only fan service. It just serves to build the lore and let us know that they know everything we know. Mm. I love it. Yeah. We're going to have ourselves a nice peaceful first night in the forest you know it's a it's not even just going to be like a nice peaceful night in the forest it's gonna be kind of like like a little sexy maybe a little sexy a little sexy it's not a little sexy it's a little, you think sexy. It's a little sexy it's a, the, it's the long because lisa's pretty lisa is lisa's, ab- lisa's pretty. absolutely gorgeous a distractingly beautiful woman but um yes but it's just like they hear noises. She comes into his tent. She's just wearing a, a, a big t-shirt. He keeps looking at her thighs and he tries to cover her like, have my modesty blanket. I don't think he's looking at her thighs. I think her thighs are just there. Oh, I kind think. Of. Oh, I don't I think, think it's sexy at all. And I think oh, they handle it very normally where oh, she's no. like, should I go back to my tent? And he's like, no, you can just stay here. And she's like, oh, okay, well, and it's not like to get it on. It's. Because she's probably scared. I mean, yeah. there's some noises out there, and it's not just noises. Oh, but it's sexiness. No, but no, it is. No, it's a fucking tree falling. There's tr- nothing sexy about this scene at all. Uh, I don't know how you see. She's, I don't even think that Lane and Talia, who are sharing a tent, are getting in on it. And I don't even think that our wounded Ashley and Peter are getting it on in their tent. I don't think there's any sexy for 700 miles. I think well, all the sexy you, dies once you cross the river. You haven't read my, my you haven't read my Blair Witch fan fiction that I did that's basically a big orgy by page 3. Oh, like Blair Witch 2. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and except the this time the Blair Witch is in on it and she's like, yeah. We have to, we're gonna do Blair Witch too. Spoiler alert! Someday soon, when we decide to do movies everyone hated, I don't know, or movies where everyone gets way too hammered, movies with Easter eggs in them, I don't know, something. Did you say Critters too? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just... we'll do Tremors too. That would be great. Oh my god! We could just do twos of things. 
Oh, you know how I like twos of things. You do, but I mean like Tremors 2. I, I would watch Critters 2. Well, we just do Critters 2 and Blair Witch 2 and call it a twofer, like it, people do. It's a, Yeah. But anyway, so there's no sexiness going on in here. A tree has fallen in the forest. It sounds horrible. I've heard trees fall. I've it's, heard trees it's, fall. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's that, um, that snap that is so much louder than you can even imagine where you're like, was that... Thun- like a lightning, gunshot? like it's fucked yeah. up. Like it's super fucked up. Um, and then that that groan, and then the huge crash. Lane has gone out for a tinkle, and he likes to go far away for privacy, uh, yeah. according to Talia. It's like, I don't want anyone to look at my dick while I pee or hear it. You know, yeah. hearing it sometimes. Yeah. But um, so they have to go off and find him in the bush. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, this is a part where, like, there's a lot of, like, there's a jump scare where Lisa jumps and basically jumps into the tent. There's a jump scare where Lane basically just crashes into them. It's just, they're all about, like, running into each other. And Lane, uh, is spooked. He is going off. Did you hear those noises? Oh, my God, what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. Let's get back to the fucking tent. And we all get back to the fucking tent. And then... Uh, they manage to get back to sleep. Everyone manages to calm down. You know what? Trees fall in the woods and we were around to hear it. So they made a noise. Yeah. And well, they're going to wake up and there's going to be some pretty fucking stick men around. Pretty fun stick men. I like these stick men. They're not as big or as gnarly looking as the ones in the first film when yeah. we get the plethora of them. But it's stick men nevertheless. So Ashley immediately wants to leave. And, like, she's got a cut foot, so she has a real reason. Mm-hmm. Peter's just done with this bullshit. So they start having the arguments where, in any found footage film, the part I always love that maybe some people don't is the turn that fucking thing off and the grabbing of the lens. And I kind of cringe because I'm like, that's the most expensive part. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, like, grabbing the lens of the camera, saying turn that off, pushing people away. And it's big fight. I like this. I think it's funny. I think it's more, like, because... The footage that we see of that in real life is always celebrities getting hounded by paparazzi. Yeah. And that's always, like, what celebrities do, right? Because they're always so mad and they, like, fucking shove paparazzi and they go fucking flying. I really think that that's how come that has become so iconic. Like, I'm going to palm your fucking lens and throw it. Uh, It's just a weird, very aggressive reaction where I was like, you're all amongst friends here. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why they go from zero to 10 instantaneously probably because they're scared but but everyone kind of even even james like there's no one that's suggesting that they stay it's basically them just saying yeah okay we're not prepared for this like everyone just pack up your shit and let's go um which they do but that's where they discover the unscrupulous nature of lane because they find some twine on uh, was it talia's backpack or or in lane's backpack um, I don't know, but between them, they do have a little bindle that is a fire-starting bindle that's yeah. tied up like kindling and, and leaves and moss and stuff mm-hmm. with this twine. Or at least that's what they try and say it is. It's not. It's craft supplies. It is. They made the stick men, and then they hung them up in the middle of the night. Not because there isn't something going on here. They did that because there's something going on here, Wes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you basically... So the logic being is there is something going on in these woods. But if we don't... They just did it to guarantee that there was something to film so more people would believe or more people would come. So yes, they lied, 
But and this is also where they reveal that they have never been this deep into the woods. Yeah, no. they've never come here. And how could they fake them sleeping until two thirty? Because oh yeah, they had slept until two thirty all of a sudden. And this yeah. is where we're starting to get that day night kind of mix up problem mm-hmm. here because we do begin. We're gonna descend soon into eternal night. This is the last straw for uh, Peter. Oh every, yeah, and basically tells Lane to fuck right the hell off. And him and Talia go. Lane, um, Lane's reaction here is really fascinating to me because he is clearly afraid. Um, he would you not be afraid of a six foot three, like two hundred pound Peter raging after you in the forest like a bull moose? It's yes, I would be afraid of anyone coming at me. And maybe the fact that you're maybe not that stupid that he might have noticed the Confederate flag, and maybe you gave him some strange looks, and maybe. You're a little tiny weakling wimp bigot. Yeah, he is a little weak, tiny. He's a little dude too. Yeah. But like, it's it's more so. Yes, I understand that he's afraid of Peter, um, because Peter is is like gonna take his fucking head off. He doesn't like Lane anyways. But like, he tries to explain safety in numbers, and and what they're mad about is the fact that they've been following him. And he doesn't actually know where the fuck he's going. So their guide is no good. And also, he keeps not wanting... Lane doesn't want to be separated from the group. He doesn't want it to just be him and Talia. He was um, way too freaked out when he went for his urination station trek in the woods. And when he was found by James, he was panicking. Full-fledged panicking. There was a moment in this film at the in the first night where Peter had said, I've been here before. You can't say that people can't enter these woods or they'll die because I've been here before. Lane points out that you have been here before and now you're back. So technically speaking, did you really get out of these woods because here you are again all these years later? He also posits his theory that the thing to unlock this trap, this evil, whatever you want to call it, is under the stipulation that you spend the night here. And they've all now spent the night here. And there's even a sign on on one of the trees, an old faded sign as they pass, like, do not stay past nightfall. Um, So there's a lot of evidence to support that whatever is going on has been activated. Mm-hmm. The trap card has been activated. And and so that is really what Lane seems to be terrified from. And technically it seems to be that one of the group will turn on all the others. That's yeah. mythologically what seems to happen here. Yeah. And, and so Lane and, and Talia head off into the woods and making one last plea, can't we talk about this? Like, it, like, does this really need to happen? Does this really need to, you know... Peter puts his foot down. Yeah, and he's like, he's not having it. Like, he basically takes his bag off, and, and, and the implication is like, I'm going to fucking punch you in the mouth unless you get the fuck out of here, you know? So now our favorite Blair Witch trope happens. They begin to walk in circles. They don't know it yet, but they walk for hours and come back to exactly where their campground was yeah. with the sticks. The sticks, the campground. This seems like an official, like... You know, like when you go camping and shit like that, and there's places like, oh, you, there's a clearing here and yeah. people camp here. This looks like people have probably camped here before because there's a, a fire already made. 
there's always like that one log and that's like that's clearly someone's sitting log which reminds me of the same place that they camp in Blair Witch too which yeah. is supposed to be right near the foundation of the old Rustin Par place that had mm-hmm. become an archaeological dig um now I'm thinking, are these sounds that we hear later on in the bush? And they're not necessarily trees falling, except the one tree that does fall. Yeah. Is it the house resurrecting itself, perhaps? What we know about this place, it could be anything. It yeah. could be their own. It could be their own fucking footsteps yeah. of them passing at a different time, or other people that have gone missing in these woods. There could be fucking anything going on in this thing. It makes me want to go back to Book of Shadows and see how much of this exists in Blair Witch. But anyway, I keep going to Book and Shadows. Book and Shadows. I'm so sorry. That's fine. I'm, I, I like it. I'm not a super fan. I'm coming across as like some sort of crazed fucking maniac for it. But anyway, so Ashley flips. She's pretty pissed. Peter's pissed. They they need to get out of here. Now they need to not only get out of there, they need to know where they are first. Now, they don't have a map. They don't have a map. They don't have nothing. They have GPSs. Mm-hmm. They have the drone. They do. So they send the drone up. And it dies pretty quickly. They get an idea that there's no road, there's no river, there's no nothing. So they are lost somewhere within that panning shot we saw at the beginning of the trailer for the woods. Yeah, it it is, um, God, it looks like it would take them days to get out of that thick. It's a vast canopy. And as far as we know, you know, like it didn't seem like they were winded or or overexerted when they got to where they camped. They didn't walk that fucking far into the woods. True. Although Ashley's foot has become so bad that she really needs to rest it. And that's why they decide to camp. They do seem to have maybe a couple hours left of daylight. But, I mean, what good is it if one of them can barely move? So, Peter is the one that suggests that they should camp for the night. And it's it's hard to argue with that. But Ashley is going to try because she can't stay here another night. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a, um, a good reason to not really be afraid. A lot of this tension has been lifted because they have an explanation in the form of Lane and Talia for why they heard weird things in the night, why there was weird stick figures hanging up everywhere. Um, They didn't know where they were going, so that's why they're lost. So, yeah, like, if I were feeling perhaps the tinge of or the pangs of anxiety because something unexplainable was happening around me, the second I had a rational explanation, I would be fine because i'd be like well now we're just in the woods and at least i'm not afraid of a witch yeah so it's really no big deal they're not that far because they couldn't have hiked in that far to begin with they'll find the car in the morning and they'll get ashley to some medical care because her foot is maybe infected hyper infected there's something moving there there. is something moving in there which is weird only peter saw it when the paramedic james looked at it he didn't see quite anything like that but it is infected and it she has a fever she's got the chills she is the, the signs of septic shock or something are settling in that's for sure yeah i mean you know if that lingers too long she could lose the foot yeah so she wants a fire peter gets her a fire he's gonna go and get some firewood they're no they're not that nervous of course they're a little nervous that they can't see the road or the river but they'll worry about it in the morning it's getting dark 
They are a little pissed off because they lost that drone, though. Oh, yeah, the drone fails, and it gets lost in a tree. And that, like, is more of a monetary worry and just a general piss off because I don't know if that would have really got them out. It can only go 100 feet away from them. Yeah, like, I don't know how much that thing probably cost, a couple hundred bucks, but, like, I mean, Lisa seems to be more annoyed at it, more of like a... Uh, I'll go look for the fucking drone now mm-hmm. because this drone just fails. It squicks out like technology is wont to do. In Bermuda Triangles. So it's like they're all just walking into the woods separately. This is great. Okay, sure. But you pointed out that they're not nervous anymore. Well, another tree is going to fall. And if anything's going to make them nervous, it's the sonic aura here and how you can't hear someone yelling for you you can't hear someone and we got this earlier when lane comes walking up on james while james is yelling and looking for him and he's like on top of him all of a sudden we didn't hear him coming through the woods although we could hear this tree falling from wherever it had fallen yeah now if if you're within like a fucking kilometer of somebody like you tell me you can't hear them yelling at the top of their lungs you can hear someone coming through the woods or if they're calling for their dog or their dog's running through the woods like for miles you can hear where your dog is in the in the bush so you can hear where other people are especially when it's still and at night like you can hear for a mile Mm -hmm. but not in these woods no you can't hear for four feet around you unless it's a tree falling a kilometer away i don't know that or a half hour later, you can hear people yelling. Yeah. It seems. It's very, very strange. The sounds, they sound a little just like yips of uh, like coyotes or something to me at first. Then it kind of sounds like it might be children. Yeah. Flashing back to Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This time we're dealing with characters who have their ear cams on, who are out in the woods, who are in the thick of it. They're not even all sharing a tent, right? Except for sexy tent time. But for the most part, uh, we are seeing this phenomena from angles that we didn't before. We are not hearing it from people who are huddled in a tent, kind of too scared to move. Uh, the second any fucking noise happens, people are unzipping their tents and they're fucking going, going. And we get to see everything they see, mm-hmm. which is great. We get to see Peter freak the fuck out, drop his four sticks of firewood that he's been collecting for what feels like hours. Because it seems like when he left to go get firewood, there was plenty of light. And by the time he get, I mean, he's not even back yet and it's pitch black, which again, fucks with time a little bit you're like how long was he out here for yeah um and peter uh well he is going to be chased in the woods by something something that we only get hints of uh, around the corners of trees and if you free freeze frame those shots you know who knows what you'll see um but uh, we do get a first sense of like oh my god we're actually gonna like are we seeing shit like it's not just shaky cams and blackness and we don't see what the fuck they're looking at something is chasing peter something is there with him something is scaring the shit out of him did something just kick over a fucking tree something just kicked over a tree it seems and it has pinned peter which is kind of a terrifying prospect all in and of itself at least it's a pine so maybe it's a little more gentle uh, he seems to be pinned, pinned pretty well because he's trying to get out of there. He's yelling for help. He has his flashlight. It's just fallen a little bit away from him. So at least it gives us light from his 
head cam, we can sort of see what's going on mm. and what the extent is of him being yeah. pinned by the spruce. I think it's a spruce. He definitely would be pinned. You know, like it's fucking... The trees, this might sound stupid. Trees are so much heavier than they look. Oh my God, yeah. Like when I, I have at my cottage had to clear away fallen trees before. Um, I'm a big dude. I can lift a lot. Uh, and I can strip all of the branches off of a pine tree and then think in my head that I have it in me to drag. Because, you know, sometimes pine trees that fall around my cottage aren't that big. And so, like, last summer, a tree fell down. And I was like, well, I mean, here's some firewood. Cut all the fucking branches off of it. Here's, like, the fucking log. I'm like, oh, I'm going to drag this out to the front of the lake there. And I fucking couldn't move it at all. And then I felt <laughs> ridiculous. That I, that I thought I could. Oh, so I, it's tricky. I had to chop it, chop it into three pieces to fucking move it. Yeah. And, um, and so, like, the idea of, like, this whole ass tree being on top of you. And even if you're pinned by a couple branches, they have all the weight of that tree pushing down on those yeah. branches. So you're basically pinned by the weight of that tree. Yeah. And there's a real um, Hills Run Red moment for me in this where... Peter is basically like, okay, I'm going to turn off my fucking flashlight because there's something fucking walking around, like something that seems to be like making footsteps in and around his area. And he's about to, he's like, okay, just be quiet. And then his fucking walkie talkie goes off because James is fucking looking for him. And then that is basically what tips off whatever this is to his location. And well, that's that, ain't it? And that's the end of Peter. That is the end of Peter. And James is walking around feet away looking for him. Actually, within moments, James comes across the flashlight and everything. And the way that time works here, I think it was a few minutes before even. It's crazy to me. Uh, but that's not even going to be... We're getting some hints. Something's up. Yeah. We're getting some real fucking hints that something's up. Because... They slept till 2 p.m. Where'd the day go? Yeah. Peter seemed to walk like fucking 10 meters away from the campsite. Now where the fuck is it? Now where is he? Um, no one can hear each other. It's night really fast. Um, yeah, you could debate what the fuck's going on here. But then who's going to show up? Lane and Talia. Poof. Like, they have, they do not have their gear. They don't have their packs. They don't have, they're fucking starving. Starving. They're filthy. Very filthy. Five or six days filthy, it seems. Yeah. My God. And they asked, how long has it been since you saw us? And they were like, earlier this afternoon. And they're like, it has been five or six days since we saw you. The sun will not come up. Yeah. They've been in eternal darkness. They have not had daylight. Talia's starving. She's yeah. just begging them for food. And Lane is not... He thinks it's a trick. Yeah. He even tries to pull her away. Like, don't. It's a trick. So that means to say that they've been seeing shit. This whole... Like, in... They're, they're, this is a complete lapse in fucking time. I wouldn't mind a Blair Witch for following them to wherever the fuck they ended up for five or six days. That's yeah. amazing. So Talia is hungry and thinks that they're better off this campground she stays lane fucks back off into the woods like instantly yep instantly he's like fine you want to stay them like they like the woods are never gonna let them leave but not me yeah not me he's uh seems kind of kind of wild 
Kind of wild. Kind of wild look in his eyes. He doesn't. He had a wild look in his eyes to start with, though. But he is touched by the woods. But he is right away turning it around to make it seem that he is the one that is not touched by the woods. He's definitely gone stir crazy. But who wouldn't after five or six, now seven or eight days stuck in the woods? Like he is being, it's insanity. But Talia decides to just stay with Lisa, basically. Yeah, and don't worry, we'll set you up a tent. Uh, well. The night is going to get crazy because you know what? It's cute when you watch like those like YouTubers try to like make crafts that they see online. They're like, you know, hey, nice try. And so you're Talk like cake racks. Yeah. Where people try and make things they saw on Pinterest, Pinterest and, and stuff like that. So you see a really beautiful uh, Blair Witch stick man on Pinterest and you're going to do your own DIY stick man. And, you know, they did a pretty nice job. Nice and clean. Uh, they look like the stick man. It's not quite a Homer Simpson job. They, no, no, no. They actually, it's, the, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. There's a difference between, you know, you know, gourmet stick figures and, you know, fast food With stick figures. Supernatural umami that you can only get by being a hundreds of year old witch that is creating these things out of the twine and the moss and the sticks and oh. the hair of people standing next to you this is like getting into like almost voodoo and I shit like love that it. and the th- so we they are awoken to this scene of all of these totems there's the rock piles there all the things that we're familiar with with the blair witch it causes talia to freak out she's like we gotta go we gotta go and she because everyone knows the lore they all know what we all know she maybe they had talked about them camping out near the woods and mm-hmm. having seen the rock piles before. So on their other videos, on Dark Web 666's other videos, he must have posted something about a camping trip where they actually did see the rock carns. And- so she's very freaked out by that and then triply freaked out by... I'm kind of freaked out by the size and the number of these stick figures. One of the ones that Talia knocks into is the size of a grown-ass fucking man. I know. It's amazing. And it's all moss-covered. It's really fucking cool. And they seem to go on forever. Like, I know that the darkness is hiding a lot of it, but it's just like, what is this in, like, fucking, like... Like, 20 meters in all directions. There's just nothing but hundreds of these fucking sticks. I think that is a horror experiment. I think the next time I visit home, I'm going to find a nice spot in the woods and I'm going to bring out a bunch of prefab Blair Witch-looking stick figures. Mm-hmm. I'll do my best. And How long does that take you to set up? You know? Oh, I don't know. I'll get my sister to help me. She's a gardener and she does all of these sort of creations mm. um, for the front yards of, of people's homes well, and I, the fronts of restaurants. So. I expect grainy black and white photos. You will get them in abundance. Good. Um, in abundance. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so they're properly freaked out by this. Man. is and, and one thing that I want to mention about Talia is she is... She is beyond scared. We're almost in like a Jane Levy in the uh, uh, Evil Dead remake levels Mm -hmm. of Terrified. You can't even fucking touch her. She will screech at the top of her lungs if you even fucking go near her. And so this is already like she is grabbing people. Let's fucking go. I want to get the fuck out of here. She notices that her hair has been tied to one of these sticks. It's like part of what is binding a, a stick figure together. It's like woven is, into it. Woven yeah. into her is her very purple hair, like 
you know, where did you get this hair from? And it's quite particular because it's like fading purple from blonde. So it's like yeah. a blondie purple. Like it's very obviously her hair. Yeah. Um, Ashley is not fucking having it because the last time all these stick figures happened. It was a it, fucking it, trick. It, it was a trick. And so she grabs it out of the hand. And what you get here is one of the biggest reactions I've seen from a movie crowd that I've ever witnessed. Like... Uh, it's particularly watching horror because she breaks, she rips the stick figure off and she breaks it. And like the fucking dad in Tales from the Hood, Talia basically bends over fucking backwards. She breaks in half. Breaks, and you can hear it too. Like At the it, same time that the sticks are breaking and the voodoo doll that Ashley is holding, Talia breaks in half. Talia breaks in half. And I mean, she looks like that fucking chick from the uh, Final Destination that like falls off the the, the balance beam yeah. and like breaks. Like that's how broken in half poor Talia is. It's the most visceral death. And it happens kind of basically before our eyes. It's not like the, the opening scene of It Follows where we have a nicely broken woman, uh, very cinematically and photogenically broken mm-hmm. woman. Uh, this is like a, a folded in half camper. Yeah. And and it, when we're talking about the Blair Witch, we're talking about a film that was not explicit in any way, shape, or form. There's a lot of hint of death. Josh's uh, uh, molars is the most graphic thing that happens yeah. in that. That's the only real blood we get. In and, this. and in this, even the first quote-unquote death we get is is uh, Peter, technically speaking, if you could call, I don't know if he's, he, he's certainly not part of the plot really anymore. Yeah. Um, but Talia dies in a way that it is like fucking Victor Crowley killed her. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's so graphic. And, and the camera lingers on her face as she drools out blood uh, and they run. As you will. I would have loved to, like, I I love this because in the Blair Witch lore, Mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, if only someone else would have broke one of those in half earlier. Yeah. But yeah, they are absolutely terrified and go running through the forest, which is helpful because they're all wearing still, they have their cameras on. They do. Um, There's a crazy thing that happens where where, like, one of their tents goes fucking flying. Yeah, it looks almost like if if someone whoever had kicked the tree over onto Peter had like picked it up and hurled it through the forest. Yeah, so it's, it they really fuck with you in this movie about not just time and space but the limits of this thing's power. Like are we like is it magic? Is it straight up fu- is someone straight up doing spells? Is this a witch like <laughs> powers? Or what what do you think? Yes, the witch he 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 powers. Yeah. Like basically. Yeah, cuz cuz there's so much going on with the elements. There's so much going on that you can't It's either that or it's just like time warps. I don't know how else you could explain a tent going from place A to place B other than um not search party, but no good nicks. A bunch of kids go out into the forest, find a tent. And toss it upside down and inside out and rummage through what's left of their campsite two weeks later and move the tent in the process of all of that. So that happens two weeks later, but now that evening, in that exact moment, but you don't see those human beings because it's just what happens to the stuff happening. 
in fast forward at that moment. And in the Blair Witch Project, their camp gets ransacked. Uh, we don't actually see how that was ransacked for all we know in the Blair Witch Project. The same shit was happening to the tents. Like they like plucked out of fucking thin air. Yeah. And we just automatically assume that it was like, oh, someone must have just like fucking wrecked it or something like that. But it might have just been something completely intangible. And and so Ashley gets separated. James and Lisa find each other in the woods. And there's a lot of strange, distorted disruptions going on with the noise here. And we get to see the beginning of the the breakdown of Lisa's steadfastness. Up until this point, she's she's gotten scared. Yeah, sure, she ran in the forest. She's scared. Mm-hmm. But now she's another level of terrified. Mm-hmm. James has to, like, hold her head for what seems like forever and, like, calm her down and shit. Ashley's found the drone. She's off by herself. Uh miraculously doing a lot better with her leg probably because she gave herself a little bit of on-the-go field surgery basically what do you think that fucking thing was house centipede it was i don't know man (laughs) it was so we get this implant there's an implication that there's something in her fucking foot and because it wounds so like she walked it's not so even so much that she got cut when her foot was in the water. Something's fucking bit her and entered her foot. Yeah. Or laid an egg in her foot and then it grew to adulthood in a rapid uh, span of time. This probably seems to be more witch fuckery than anything else. Like, I don't really know what you would say other than it gives us another gore effect yeah, um, and this one was really squicky in the theater. A lot of people were really grossed out oh, by it's this. It's in the trailer. People, I watched people's uh, reactions, by the way, uh, fan reactions to watching this trailer when they didn't realize that it was a Blair Witch thing. Oh, fun. Um, uh, but the, the it was basically like, people had told me to watch this trailer for The Woods. Uh, it was after the reveal, and so they watch it, and you, know, you see them p- piecing it together. All their reactions were the same when it came to that bug thing. Their faces... Twist up. There's something about centipedes, man. People do not like those fucking no, things. No, they don't. Too many legs. But it's I don't know. She all that running in the in the woods. You think, well, she's doing a lot better, but she's bleeding all over her calf. So she lifts up her sock, and whatever had been in her foot has burrowed up her leg yeah. and is trying to like gnaw its way out. So she grabs a little bit of it and pulls it out, yeah. which basically looks like a big long house centipede. I guess. Yeah, like, it's I don't know fucking how else to describe gnarly. It. She's got her. She, you know what though? As you pointed out when we were watching it. That that feels a lot better. Yeah, the pus. I think the pus really. If if the bug doesn't squick you out, if you've closed your eyes, by that point it's because of the pus, yeah. right? Because like a lot of pus boils yeah. over. It's disgusting. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's looked still super infected, but she's got other things to worry about because she seems like feverish and delusional and very ill. But she is now like running at top speed. She is a she, Ashley is a woman of action. She is. Gonna go get that drone out of the tree. What she thinks she can accomplish with it? Get her bearings, I suppose? I think that's about it. See the others, maybe. Or they'll see the drone up in the sky because it has lights on it. Something. So effectively a flare. Yeah, well, she is going to climb a giant pine tree. And it's a pretty tense scene. I remember watching this sequence 
in the theater just being like, oh, don't do that. Don't climb that tree. Like, I'm just, I, I was, I was all fucking twisty knots because I was, I was just like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? She's going to fall and get impaled. Yeah. Right? Like, That's what you think. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? But it's nice because we get the shot. She can see the drone through her camera. The drone can see her. So we have these nice two camera angles that you might not get in found footage when somebody's alone. We get a fucking hand slap. Yeah. Somebody like is in that fucking tree. Yeah. And she fucking basically clunk, 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 hits the ground like a ton of bricks and then is just dragged away by something with like supernatural strength. Guess so. I she's mean, not that big. Actually still a grown woman. Like, so let's say she's at least like a hundred and 20 pounds, 130 pounds. Like, that's got to be... That's not the easiest fucking thing even for someone my size to fucking drag someone around. Especially not dead weight like that. Exactly. And she's emphasis on dead. Um, So that's the end of Ashley, I guess. But don't you worry, Lids. Don't you fret. It's going to rain? Yeah. And we (laughs) know that when it starts raining in the universe of the Blair Witch... Everything's fine. Because Here comes all, Jason Voorhees. They're always going to find a friendly cottage. Ah, a friendly cottage. Yes, they do find a friendly cottage to keep them dry from the rain. It's still eternal night. It's been night since night fell, and they have an idea that it's going to be night forever. So they're basically running blind through the forest, yelling for their friends that are we know are never coming back. And they run into the forest. Right away, James is like, my sister's in there. They see a light. And they see what could be a person up in the in the window. And he goes barreling into this house. Like, we all know you're not supposed to do in a horror film, or let alone real life. Lisa is me in this Sort of, to a certain extent. She gets scared into that house shortly. Yeah, but like that would... If there's anything... The, when I say there's... Previously, there was no conceivable reality... This is forest, what might forest, get you in the forest hag will get me in that fucking house. Yeah. If, if she's out of the house, then I'm going in the house. If I were afraid of the house, of the rain would have got me in the house. I don't like getting wet. Yeah, you're very cat like in that sense. Very much. So. But um, no. Uh, the, the Lisa tries to plead with James in a way that is far nicer than I. She likes James. Like, I'm not saying it's like a romantic like, yeah. but she does like James. She cares about James. She cares. And she, but this, and, you know, he even has this quiet moment with her in the tent, I think the night before, perhaps it's hard to tell. Uh, you know, he really thought for all these years that somehow, some way, perhaps Heather had survived. He had, he, he knows that it's crazy, but perhaps when when family members or friends or whomever go missing, we want to hold on to this fantasy that somehow, some way, they are alive out there because and, and, and it's usually just like a fleeting fantasy because the crushing reality is is when a lot of times when people go missing, they're dead. Yeah. And and so yes, sometimes people voluntarily vanish. They go without a trace because, you know, whatever. That does happen too. But in this case, his sister didn't voluntarily vanish. She was taken by something. And they don't know what. And he doesn't know what. And it has haunted him his entire life. So he he wants her to be alive. But man, all this shit that's going on. You've literally seen Talia get broken in half from a stick. You 
cannot keep track of time. You were lost. Peter is fucking missing. Ashley is fucking missing. Lisa is telling you very logically and as firmly as she can possibly said, but with the pain in her voice, it can't, it can't be her, James. He won't have it. The same bullheadedness as Mike going into the house looking for Josh. Yeah. Which I could argue because Josh has only been missing for, let's say, conservatively two days. Yeah. You you have James going into this house like his sister has been there for 20 years and is alive. Dude. Delusional. It's completely delusional. Beyond and delusional. He's also to me. in a haunted forest at the whims of a Samara style Bermuda Triangle that is the Black Woods. Yeah. So it's not really his fault. So he goes barreling into the house, and I love this footage of the house. This house was painstakingly recreated, as we said, from photos of the actual house and a lot of the uh, creativity of the filmmakers themselves. Uh, they even uh, used. Uh, examples of uh, Chernobyl. What happens to houses that go through seasons, multiple seasons, with no yeah, one ever wide open like that? Yeah, um, I really love the first floor because it's dilapidated. Things are dusty. All the paint is peeling. All the wood is given up to termites here and there. It looks like he, the next floor is nice. It's got the handprints. Yeah, it's got but some handprints. If you notice, the first time he goes up into that 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 staircase, no handprints, no. and then the second time he goes in there. There's the handprints all over it. The next floor is the attic, which looks just as sound as the other ones, which, i.e., about to fall apart. Mm -hmm. But the second time he goes up there, or even worse, when Lisa does actually make her way up there, the vines and moss and wisteria that have become one with the roof of that house that are growing into that Mm, upper floor. I I highly recommend that you look at the bonus features on the Blu-ray because the uh, the, the, the two filmmakers... They take you through the entire set of the house, Lovely. like, and you can see all the lighting, and you can see where everything goes, and the concept of. They said that the concept was two trees were basically collapsing in on the house and crushing it from either side. So when you get to the attic area, when, when that's fully lit, they have entire full branches that have just like come through. I love it's it. Gorgeous. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. There's little details. Of the rusting, the 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 oxidization of like latches that have like become moldy, yeah. Like, but it's like the, the, the green white oxidization on everything. Like, it just looks so well done. They must have spent a lot of times in places that smelt like places you don't want to go. Oh my god, that fucking what that house would smell like in real life. That mildew, that just wet mulchy soil. It would it would. Dirty, rotten, wet earth and leaves is what I imagine that fucking place smells like. I wouldn't, I would, I would go so far as to say, like, I bet you the air is stale, but like, it's so open that I bet, like, it's probably smells no different than the woods, except when you get inside, there's like this musty dankness to it. Crazy. Well, it probably gets worse as you go deeper in. Lisa will get scared into the house and she's going to, uh, Try to follow on the heels of James. He's tearing all over this place. We're seeing like fucking Scooby-Doo characters like going through fucking doors. We see Peter standing in a fucking corner. Wait, we see Peter standing yeah. in a corner. Yeah. Is he in the basement? 
No. Oh. He's in he's not even in the, the attic. He's okay. in the mid level. So no one won that argument. No one won yeah. that argument. And when you look back again, he's gone. Mm-hmm. This is also something that you will that you will start to think is pretty fucking fascinating. Because when Lisa enters the house and she, some of this footage is starting to look kind of familiar. Yeah. Especially when you notice her notice herself in the mirror on one pass by because in the footage that they had originally found on YouTube, which James thought was Heather in the footage. There's you see two flashes of somebody in a mirror. The first one he sort of just goes by. You could like take a look at the movie and pause it and look at it yourself if you want, I suppose. Uh the second one, which he thought was Heather, looks and is Lisa. So the footage that was uploaded to YouTube that was found in the in the woods. That was found in the woods by this tree that has been struck by lightning is the footage that they will film while going to the woods in the first place. Yeah. Because of this footage that they viewed on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That is some fucking tail wagging the dog stuff. That is man. some time warpy shit. And I, I love it. I do love it. It's, it's fine. We'll talk about starting at the beginning. Because the first frames you see of this are the final frames. Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen it. But there's a lot more to be told. Because after that, that's not the end of it. That's not dropping the camera on the ground. No. no. There's a whole sequence where we go to hell and back. Oh, man, do we ever. I know. This is the the part where if anyone has problems with the claustrophobic scene, it goes on for quite a while. And this is where I thought the map was. I really thought the map would be in the tunnels under the house because they mentioned that there were tunnels under the house. They do. Uh, Lane talks about the fact that... Um... Rustin Parr? Rustin Parr had built a, a, a series of tunnels under the under his house that went nowhere. Like, there was no rhyme or reason to why he did it. Um, no. Uh, How does Lisa end up in these tunnels, Wes? She goes to the basement. Interesting fun fact. Uh, the, the basement was all made out of foam. They projected... Uh, photos that people had provided them, including the original fa- filmmakers, projected it onto a wall, carved it all out. So that basement is th- identical to the basement that did exist previously. There's a shot upstairs just before this where we do see the map, apparently. I thought it would be down here. Um, I thought I really thought it would be. Do you want to know what I thought when, when she went down to that basement the first time? And this is before I knew that there was any Easter eggs in the film at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, show me the camera. Yeah. Show me where's that fucking 16 millimeter camera yeah. that uh, that Heather dropped. Show me the camera. Show me <laughs> the camera. That's what I, I wanted yeah. so fucking bad. She's not going to get a camera, but she is going to get Lane. Yeah. Looking like fucking Robin Williams and Jumanji. He's super beardy. Yeah. It looks like he has been. He is. He is. Two his, months? At least. You, know, you have a beard? Tell us about beards, Wes. <laughs> I have a beard. That type of growth, uh, obviously, like Lane has black hair. It's always very. It shows up way more than than my uh, blondie boy beard does. But um, I've got month and a half growth on this part of my mohawk. I'm trying to grow out. Yeah. So, like, I would say that. Yeah, it's probably like two month solid beard growth. His hair is longer. Mm-hmm. His face is just almost black with dirt. Yeah. And he is. Who is he but Rustin Parr? This is what happened, isn't it? This has to have been 
what happened to Rustin Parr because he screeches in Lisa's face, almost like he can't believe he's seeing her. Yeah. Like, because it's been so long. He's like, you have to do what she says. And he fucking pitches her ass into this pit, closes the door like she's going down into like the basement of Evil Dead. And it's not the fucking, it's not a basement at all. It is a fucking hellhole tunnel (laughs) of dirt that goes we don't know where. No, and I'm not freaked out by things like this, but it is close quarters, and I know a lot of people were, and you could you could visibly hyperventilate while watching this. And I can see that because it is very well done. That moment. So we have Lisa crawling through just muck and water and, and roots and dirt. roots and like that like that i can i know what like wet soil like that would smell like and so like i'm instantly like my sense memory is flooded a- anytime that i've been like in a scenario where it's like dark like that and there's a lot of soil not that i've ever been buried alive yeah but, that's like, what it sounds like no but like but you know rooting around um i i used to like dig a lot as a kid i used to dig holes all the time particularly in my cottage because like not in my cottage but around that property my cottage is situated on quite a bit a significant hill the area is very hilly i think i've actually described that in pre- uh, previous episodes um i used to uh play uh toy soldiers and um gi joes a lot and what i used to do is um dig fort like fortresses into the earth so like I would make bases for my G.I. Joes to like fight in. And that would cause me to dig really far deep into the ground. My, it used to drive my father nuts. He would just be like, like, Jesus Christ, Wesley. Like, how am I going to be drinking a beer in the middle of the night? And I'm going to be walking here. I'm going to break my damn ankle. Yeah, Christer. Like, he would like, and, You better fill that back in. Yeah, he was yeah. like, now, it's like, now the earth is going to be soft there. Like, it was just like, he would always, like, you can never, he just didn't want me to dig. Yeah, like, I, I used don't to dig. Him, but, yeah. Um, and so, like, that smell, I bet you that whole fucking place would have smelled like that. And there's this moment, much like The Descent, where she gets stuck. She gets stuck, and we have seen what it looks like on her camera that is still clipped to her ear. She also has her 35 mil DSLR with her that is uh, a wonderful camera, probably $4,000 with the lens included in light. And she has it turned around, and she keeps throwing it forward so she can light her path. Because these, like, ear clip cameras have no lights on them, of course, but her DSLR does. So she's throwing this $4,000 chunk of gear forward a few feet and crawling toward it so she can see where she's going. It's great, actually. Uh, And it gives us a really good angle for her being stuck. And it's like, the the reason why this is so panic-inducing is she's stuck, she's hyperventilating, She's freaking out. And like my initial thing was like, okay, I can't go forward. I got to go back. But then you're like, you can't go back. You can't turn yourself around. You can't wiggle either way. So and, she's got to go through. Yeah. And, and, and spend it's like, the three days getting skinny. Yeah. Get like, like, and I was just like, I guess this is where you die. Mm-hmm. Or, and I kept wondering, I was like, oh my God, is she going to get like pulled backwards? Like, is this going to be like in fucking wreck or something like that? Like, I don't know what I'm about to see. Our small vindication is that she does get herself out of there. She tumbles through a portion of the wall that she hacks open with her knife. And yeah. all of a sudden, she's back in the basement again, or the first floor. It's, it's the basement. She's yeah. she's gone. She's basically gone around the circumference of the basement, and she's 
she's gone to it looks like a boarded up area of the foundation but almost in the corner the yeah. self same corner yeah where um, you're not supposed to want to end up and lane's gonna fucking attack her but she's got that knife and she just fucking stabs him right in the throat and that's the end of that it's crazy how um two characters two different characters literally kill two other characters in this yeah like ashley kills Talia. She doesn't know she's going to do it. No. And then Lisa, like, very much... I mean, I would suspect... Well, it's self-defense. She's terrified. Yeah, she's he's terrified. He's raging. He's raging. So, like, that's totally justified. I mean, I really feel bad for Talia. Nothing left to do, I guess, but find James. Lisa has been through hell. She is, she is not only have they gone to the epicenter of this house, um, which, by the way, right next to that tree where they found the footage in the first place, weird how... When they were there during the day and that tree was there, there wasn't a house there. No, not at all. And it's kind of weird that this house seems to change and morph and have different parts to it. And that's where the idea where, oh, the entire house is part of this. This mm-hmm. is not... This... Uh, uh, Parr's house burned down in the 1940s. This house hasn't existed for a very long time. Yeah. Um. So... We find we we go up to the attic and something is in fucking hot pursuit, hot pursuit of Lisa. It was chasing her in the tunnel, and it is finding her here. It is that same yellowish, elongated hag. Not dissimilar to the Medeiros girl in Rack. Yes. Um, very similar in, in just the strangeness of the form is because Lane's going to give us some more uh, back when the movie first started. Yes, that they tied the witch to the tree, Ellie Kedward, but they also tied rocks to her hands and feet and that elongated her limbs. And so she has abnormally long arms and legs. They will show us the Blair Witch. Although, if you talk to the filmmakers, yeah. they claim that they don't. And they- I'd heard that, no, you don't see the Blair Witch. And I don't know. I can't say. I feel like I saw the Blair Witch. I don't know. My point of this is, like, I can understand. I almost don't believe them. And I think that they're just huffing fumes in our direction because they would know that it's controversial to say that the Blair Witch is definitively this is what she looks like because for 20 years every one of us has been imagining what the Blair Witch might look like and and then for someone to you know be like showing like Dr. Claw's face in Inspector in Inspector Gadget no one would uh, no one would be happy with what that face actually looks like. No one would be happy to know what Cobra Commander really looks like. Like, and I'm, yes, I'm comparing the Blair Witch to Cobra Commander, but the point being is like, this was like a formless cosmic evil, this entity that cannot be known, cannot be named, Lovecraftian, if you will. Throw that word around again. But like, um, you, you basically set up lore, and then the filmmakers will say, definitively they both have their own ideas about what this entity is they kept calling it the creature of the entity when they were making the movie 
And but they what one of them did say, he's like, definitively what I will tell you, because we don't want to poison your minds or imaginations, we don't show you the Blair Witch project. Or we don't show you the Blair Witch. So that is them saying that, well, that thing that you see with the big long arms and legs, that's like a, a would be like this nude witch old woman thing hag yeah. is not the Blair Witch. Except I call foul on that because you wrote a fucking script that said, I don't mean to come off aggressive, but you wrote a script that um, said, that had a character say, Ellie Kedward got tied to a tree and they put rocks around her legs and arms and hung her there until she died, which tells me that that would stretch out her corpse as she died. And so she basically put her on like a type of rack. Yeah. And... And then at the end of the movie, you show me a character that looks like that would have been done to them. Like the stretched out hag that is a Blair Witch and Ellie Kudward was the Blair Witch and was stretched. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So you, I'm sorry, guys. You did show us the Blair Witch. And, you know. like Unless, I, it's, unless it's Heather. And well, my point of view is that, okay, if they're maintaining that they never showed us the Blair Witch and they're not just trying to be funny, then, okay, the... Big curse of this area is that other people will play out things that other people endured upon death. So maybe someone else was hung from a tree and stretched out, and that'll be Blair Witch 4. I don't know. I, if it's not the Blair Witch, then it's nobody or Heather. They also established this lore that the reason why Parr didn't have people look at them and was afraid to look at her was because if you look upon this Blair Witch, you die of fright, which is where the similarities to uh, Samara come from, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, viewing the girl from the ring. But so that's also part of it. Yeah. But she, uh, so when they're up there in the attic, James will basically make her go to the corner with him so they don't look at her and say, as long as you don't look at her, she won't get us. And there's this, there, you know, this is after this huge beam of light happens and like a fucking beam of light basically splinters the door to the attic. And we can assume that this entity has entered there with them and it's skulking around in the background. But since they're not looking at her, you know, they will, uh, it, everything's totally fine well it's gonna trick them it's gonna trick one of them into looking at her we have this feeling someone's gonna die we just know what and it's gonna be james because it impersonates heather actually played by the real heather donahue yeah which is wonderful Uh, you know it's funny when i saw that in the theater it's like it's so shadowed i mean like you don't really see their face clearly so and i was almost like I wonder what uh, the actors that were in the original Blair Witch Project think about this. Because I know that none of them went on to do... Yeah. Re- like, I know that they acted in some things, some of them. But, like, most of them never really went on to do much of anything. And and so I was like, oh, I wonder if, like, they would get Heather back for this or whatever. They fucking did. Yeah. Um, and, man, like for a guy who would run into a haunted uh, house in the middle of Cursed Woods where time has and space have no meaning... Uh, for for like he he would be so easily fooled um, by going to that house in the first place. I am not surprised whatsoever that fucking the Blair Witch has to put the minimum fucking effort into anything to get this guy to fucking go and look at her. 
The same trick works twice, as we'll see shortly, oh because God. James is dragged away, and in Blair Witch style, we don't see much of anything. He's just whisked away. Mm. Lisa is so terrified, and that is probably my number one favorite thing about this film, is how fucking scared she is. Mm. She can't get her breath. She is a seething, maniacal, hysterical unbelievably terrified human being who might just hyperventilate and drop dead any second. She's so scared. And she knows not to look at this creature, whatever it is. And I say creature quite loosely because Mm. who knows what this is. And she luckily has this wonderful camera with a flip around view, which I just purchased a camera with that same sort of flip around view. So she can hold the camera up. And see behind her through the camera viewfinder, which is wonderful. So that's how she's going to find her way out of the house, right? Yeah, she's going to walk backwards. But, you know, the weird thing is, is like, I'm kind of like, yeah, I can understand that she can get out of this house. I don't know what the fuck you think you're going to do once you get out there. Run? Well, where? Run. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter where. Run. I guess. Like, so she... Get spooked again because she will see this thing in her fucking uh, camera. And now, well, she's going to hear James's fucking voice. I'm sorry. I'm like, you know, Lisa, I'm sorry. And look, and then we're going to get that familiar camera drop. Yeah. Yeah. That, now that's the end. That's where the camera falls. And we get the, the quite typical Blair Witch ending. Yeah. Quite lovely. You want to know something lovely. that I noticed? Uh, it's not really about this movie, but it's about the Blair Witch in general. Mm. The movie came out in 1999. It was the first time I ever saw the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. The second time I watched Blair Witch was in 2009. Okay. And then the last time I watched it, 2019. Really? Well, with with you. Yep. Yeah. And today. Today. <laughs> well, 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 last but, week. Last week. So that means that, like, for some reason, every decade. I revisit the Blair Witch Project. So we will do the Blair Witch and Blair Witch Project over again in 10 years. Oh, my God. Well, hope you're ready for it. I am always ready for it. Blair Witch, um, back to this fucking movie. Blair Witch is, uh, you know, I know I I complained about a couple of script things here and there, but I, I really need to emphasize that I really love this film. I think it's incredibly effective. And I use, I I judge a film's effectiveness when I, on me personally, and then how the population, based off of like, what was the crowd like when I saw this in the movie theater? That's the thing that I love about going to the movie theater is to see scary movies. I like to see how people react to them. So I can kind of notice that despite what, Every dipshit on uh, Rotten Tomatoes is going to say within 24 hours, um, the audience that I was with at the time did these moments fucking work for the 200 people that I was watching this movie with. And in this time, every note that I think these filmmakers wanted to make hit it. And I've never really heard anyone say that they that they don't like this film or they didn't like this film unless they kind of were the people that have completely ignored it because a film like The Blair Witch Project... And the, the the legacy of the Blair Witch had meant nothing to them in the first place. I never really talked to anyone about it except for, hey, did you go see the Blair Witch? Yeah, it was great. What did you think? Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. I never asked you. I didn't even know if you liked the Blair Witch. Yeah. Film. 
Maybe I just relied on that you might have watched Andy's video, and then you would know. <laughs> no, but, but at the same time, I definitely, you know, sometimes I'm worried, because when I really like a movie, I'm like, I hope Lydia likes this. Because... Oh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't worry. Unless it's going to be part of our show, because... Yeah. Um, we'll see when we get to Strangers, too, because that's like... I watched it. No good? We'll, we'll talk about it at yeah, the time. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the show. We got we got a show. We got a show to do, and we've had 150 shows to do at this point. Oh sir. yeah, this is our anniversary show, and it is awfully long. It is two awfully long episodes. So you got sort of like back to back Blair Witch, a Palooza, yeah, of four hours of us talking movies, which is wonderful. Actually, a great way to round up our 150. I don't know what else scares you, so I don't know what we're gonna do for our 200th episode. 200th episode? Why does that... Maybe it's something that scares you. Who are we kidding? Nothing scares me. <laughs> That's not true. We're going to watch four hours of someone brushing their teeth and spitting in the sink. Yeah. And looking in the mirror while they do it. Eating eating a sloppy burger. Oh. Oh. Don't even joke. <laughs> eating a sloppy old burger. Or like a pizza, like in, in Driller Killer. Just like that pizza eating scene over and over again. If they like, and I watched the the movie. Um, what is it? Eat? Yeah, I watched Eat, and mm-hmm. I watched Raw. And there's a lot of like food and mouth stuff in those. I've watched other films, but where it's kind of constant and it's not that bad. So it would have to be like a, a, a greasy trucker, like Goober from House of Thousand Corpses, but the edition where he does nothing but eat like hamburgers with too much mustard or something. <laughs> what do we got next for him? Next, we have another spin on the found footage genre, in a way, uh, caught on camera genre, almost, digging up the marrow. Ah, this is going to be exciting. It's been a fucking minute since we've done a movie that I've never seen. I know. Isn't that nice? And I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to read anything. I'm not going to prep at all. Not because I'm lazy. Don't you dare think it's because I'm lazy. It's because I want my authentic reaction. And it's a very different sort of Adam Green film. We've done some Adam Green with Frozen, but it's an absolutely different film. And you'll get to know Adam Green a little better after watching this movie. It's great. I'm excited. I'm glad you're excited. I'm also Wes Knight. And I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air.